It is fourth down for Pitt. Fourth and four and a half. Could be the last play for him. Marino goes deep. Brown touchdown. John Brown makes a great catch with 35 seconds to play. A 33-yard touchdown pass. Marino to Brown. And the Panthers have it 24 to 20 with 35 seconds to play. Minus three with Dave Damashek. Hi and hello, sports fans. Welcome to Minus Three. Another weekend of great sports action. Now in the books, Pitt Panthers take down the Clemson Tigers and maybe the biggest win since Danny Marino threw that touchdown pass to John Brown against the Georgia Bulldogs way back in, I think that would have been January 1st of 1982. We'll see where the Pitt Panthers can go. We're going to talk some college football. we got pro football to talk about. The World Series and beyond with the great Will Brinson from the CBS podcast. Pick six, a dandy one. We love talking to Brinson. Make sure you stay tuned for that one. Eddie Spaghetti along for the ride as always. They're behind the glass. Uh, big games played bad uh, quality of games, but some big results. I hope you were paying attention to Damashek. I'm going to pat myself on the back. I told you the Titans had of a real shot at the number one seed in the AFC after their last fortnight of games. They're tracking exactly in that direction. I told you to bet them way back before the season started, not because they're the best team in the conference, but because they're in the worst division. They're the best team in that bum division. So they have a shot. We'll talk about whether or not the Colts can catch them with Brinson coming up here. I also told you, Eddie Spaghetti, Bengals, money line, no big shocker to me. I hope you bet along with me. Damashek is hot. We do on Extra Points with Cousin Sal and Marty Weiss every week. Our pup of the week, you have to take a dog that is plus 180 or worse to win the game outright. I'm four out of the last six on that, Eddie Spaghetti. Pretty strong stuff, eh? That's an awesome pick for you. Great job uh, there. And yeah, with the Bengals, I'm really kicking myself for weeks back. Like I before the Baker injury and and like anything with the Ravens loss, obviously, to, to the Bengals, I was saying the Bengals odds, man, to win the AFC North, I was like, I don't know how they're so low. I really should have jumped on that. And I, I'm really hating myself for not mm. doing that because I, I bought into them. I mean, people thought they were probably a year or two away from being a real legitimate contender. But, you know, the NFL is a weird league where some teams, they, they, they bottom out really quickly and some teams just skyrocket really quickly. And the Bengals are a case of the skyrocketing. Man, it's but, you know, who was on the Cardinals to this degree either? I mean, sure. the Bengals are even more random at this point. But now a real big one coming up. We'll get into that. Uh, Spaghetti and I will give you our picks on the Thursday night game upcoming here. Packers at cards looms pretty big for both teams in terms of number one seed. Could the whole thing run through Phoenix or I guess Glendale, Arizona in January? I don't like that because, of course, I like my playoff games played outside under the steel gray sky, where even if it's dark, I don't like it in a dome. That, that, that won't be good. Now I'm bumming myself out. I didn't even think about that. Speaking of bummed out, um, I went to Bloomington, Indiana, where I matriculated and uh, caught up with uh, with a bunch of my pals. Great, great times after a miserable, an all time miserable. Nobody. It's like your golf stories are the equivalent of your travel woes. I had an all timer. It sucked real bad. And we'll leave it at that. Um, it was a it, it was a, a hellscape all day long, but it all wound up. I uh, came through nice and clean on the other side and had a wonderful time, except for getting rained on and getting blown out by uh, Ohio State 
at night uh, gangbusters. The best tailgating that I've ever done, I think, is in Bloomington, Indiana. It's the most underrated tailgate atmosphere, at least, because you're not shackled with expectation. Nobody, nobody going there thinks, hey, maybe, well, I mean, they did for one year, a year ago. People thought the Hoosiers, maybe they're contenders in the Big Ten. Now a return to normalcy, just when the planet Earth needs it. Now we can make, with the Bengals being good and the Cardinals being undefeated, we need a sense of normalcy, and the Hoosiers have returned to near the bottom of uh, the Big Ten, and I thank them for doing that, because then I don't have to feel the pressure of staying it in the game. I can go back and tailgate a little bit, like normal people do. Um, spaghetti. Let's get to Brinson, though. I want to kibitz with him about this, that, and the other, though uh, we do want to talk about the Thursday night game, and we are supported by FanDuel, and they're so excited about the NFL season that they're giving everyone a $10 risk-free bet Every single week, all you have to do is bet the same game parlay with three legs or more. And if your bet doesn't win, FanDuel's going to pay you back up to $10. Let's talk the TNF game. It's the Packers. It's the Cardinals. We just need three legs of this to pay out spaghetti. Let's start with who you think's going to win the game as it stands at the time of this recording. Cardinals giving four and a half to the Packers who've been rolling since week one. How say you, spaghetti? <laughs> Uh, this is, we just had this conversation too about why are we not taking the Cardinals seriously? And I was the one that brought this up to you. And now I feel like I'm going back on my word by picking the Packers here. And the reason why I'm doing so is because, I, I mean, are they really going to go undefeated, the Cardinals? I don't think so. I don't think you think that. So if they're going to have a loss, well, no, of course. Why not. wouldn't a loss to the Packers? To me, that makes a lot of sense. Uh, Aaron Rodgers has been hot lately. The Packers offense is clicking. I could see the Cardinals screwing up. I also think it's going to be a high scoring game. I think it's going to be a close game, too. But the Packers getting four and a half as it stands right now. I like that uh, a lot. I'm with you there. Okay. So that's yep. one. We got yep. that. What's our, what's our total? Uh, the total right now is, uh, is sitting at 52 and a half. There's going to be a ton of points. I. I may say over in this. I could see both teams in the 30s. That's how I feel. That sounds right. I I, I like 30, 27-ish kind of, uh, kind of right. result there. So, yes, I'm with you on the Packers, and I like the, uh, the, the total on that one. Now let's just figure out – I guess the easiest thing to do is because it's uh, um, – the most, although I was going to say Devontae Adams getting into the end zone is pretty much a weekly event, but it also is, even though his overall numbers aren't there, New Hopkins does seem to get a ball somewhere in the red zone that goes for a touchdown almost every week at this point. If you want to get splashy, James Conner has been finding the end zone quite a bit for the, yeah. so you'd get that, you'd, you'd get a better number on that. But let's go, since we've got three legs going here, who shall we say gets in the end? Uh, I like your Connor pick. That was one I was going to say. Uh, two more that I like on the on the Packers side, too. And if you think what, what the Cardinals are going to do defensively, it's you got to stop at all costs Devontae Adams. Uh, they're going to do what they can in the run game to stop Aaron Jones, which leaves other weapons for the Packers who are around who, ju- who just scored. Um, uh, the game yesterday, Robert Tanyan and Alan Lazard. Tanyan plus 230, Alan Lazard plus 280. Those are pretty good odds for guys who just scored touchdowns and are basically the next, you know, the number two and three passing options uh, for Aaron Rodgers. If you think the Cardinals will do what they can to stop Devontae Adams, I like one of those guys to score. I don't know if you have a preference over one of them, but they just both scored Sunday. I could see him scoring again versus the Cardinals in a shootout. Yeah, let's go with Tanyan. I, that, that, that's a good pick uh, as far as I'm concerned, even though it won't be. Thank, thank Jesus it's not going to be tight end day. I mean, this, I don't like that precious. I'm sorry to be a curmudgeon. 
shut up about national tight end. It's not cute for whom, uh, who, who is it for? Who's getting a giggle out of the constant references to this nonsensical? I was well, sorry. I, I enjoy my football a great deal. I'm all for having a good time. I don't know. I, I, I found the, I found that vaguely annoying. Um, but okay, I, let's not get sidetracked with uh, getting down in the dumps. It's going to be a great game. It's Jeff Janis Bowl. Remember when Jeff Janis caught those uh, two long passes from Aaron Rodgers? He makes it work with just about anybody. In this case, he's going to make it work with uh, with uh, Robert Tunyon, says Eddie Spaghetti. And I say go with that and make sure you bet at FanDuel.com and use the promo code minus three, FanDuel.com slash minus three, the word minus, the number three, and we'll see you in the winner circle. Or maybe we won't. All the way from the pick six pod, you must uh, listen, any football fan. Listen, if you enjoy conversation about the game of life, you've come to the right place because Will Brinson can handle all manner of subjects. And uh, we'll see how many we can get through here. He's our pal. He's Will Brinson. What's the poop fella? What's up, man? Check. How are we doing? Uh, did, uh, I'm in oh, heaven. Man. I'm in heaven. I got my, my pit Panthers won the biggest game since I don't know when. I mean, that for real. I mean, that was fun when they knocked off Clemson in, in 2016 just because of um, the juggernaut status of Clemson. But I'm talking about in terms of their own trajectory. I, we have a lot to talk about. Well, before, I, I, I do want to point out, I am. Um, well, I'm an NC State fan, obviously, and uh, extremely disappointing to watch your Pitt Panthers knock off Clemson, which puts them two in the loss column in the ACC standings. And then my NC State Wolfpack goes down to Miami and can't get it done against our our, our mutual friend Kevin Clark's uh, Miami Hurricanes. Uh, if we win that, we're really in the driver's seat for the the Atlantic Division and maybe a matchup at Charlotte with uh, with with your Panthers. I do want to point out that. Uh, I am currently holding, well, not, not currently holding, but you know, in possession of a Pitt Panthers to win the ACC ticket, thirty-three to oh, one. Weeks ago. Oh, yes, that's nice. juicier. That's juicier. Uh, you know, Kenny Pickett now is in the four names closest to the Heisman Trophy. At minimum, he may head to New York City for that. We'll see if they can continue to ride this as it is. It's already successful. You and I kibitzed in early August, and we touted our respective uh, our, our respective favorite schools. Now, of course, I mentioned I'm a, an Indiana University alum. I had a wonderful time tailgating out in the in the rolling green fields and and uh, the autumnal leaves just next to Memorial Stadium. And I made my way in at night and uh, and watched about six good minutes of football between the Buckeyes <laughs> and the Hoosiers. And then, and then I just pretended like the game never happened, and I went back out and uh, and, and enjoyed the rest of my weekend. Um, but you said the Wolfpack over six and a half wins. Things are tracking in the correct direction there. Let's not assume anything. And the Pitt Panthers are certainly tracking to go over the seven that we promised they would in season totals. There, indulge me for just one second here. First of, of all, do you see a path? Don't jive me though. You know. You respect me enough, I hope, to 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 you know pull off any band aids of of hope that I may have. Pit Panthers, Final Four, can it get done? Let's say they win out. I'm, I, obviously, if they lose, then that, that's it. But if they control their destiny, as they say, do you see a reasonable path that they are one of the four teams playing? Yeah, of course. I mean, I mean, you I do. have to because I because I saw a reasonable path for NC State to get there. If we went out, so, um, you know, because we had that loss at Mississippi State. Now, now that's over, obviously, for us with the loss in uh, at Miami. 
it, you the Panthers might have the weirdest single loss in college football. Like mm-hmm. you beat Tennessee, you beat uh, Tech on the road, decent team. Smoke Virginia Tech on the road. Beat the crap out of. Pittsburgh. I mean, in Blacksburg, in Blacksburg, and let's keep in mind that we saw the talk about highly touted and Heisman Trophy and all that. We saw what happened when Howell and company went in oh, there yeah. to start the season off and they got smoked. And I thought, well, I mean, that, that is a, a rugged environment, same as Knoxville. And the Pitt Panthers have handled both of those trips with a plum. And, and yet somehow you lost to Western Michigan, which is just mm-hmm. bizarre. I, I would, I mean, obviously that's going to be a, a thorn in the side, you know, when you start to look at it. But I would guess that, yeah, if, um, I mean, if, if, uh, let's see, I'm trying to think with the, the AP rankings. Do you think so, they'd be, would they be top five right now? If they hadn't lost that game, Eddie Spaghetti jump in, they'd be, they'd be top five, right? Cause Bama's three now with one loss. I, I, I since he is two, as since he's a signature win is in South Bend. And so that's better than any win that Pitt has. But I think if they're undefeated, you still have them. So, so here's in the top five, Michigan, well, Michigan state. One of those two loses this weekend. So they go away. Pitt jumps them. This is all assuming Pitt victories the rest of the way here. But I, I think here's, here's the problem. This is why the, and I know I'm pretty sure you agree with this, but the, actually I think you tout the, uh, the, the, uh, the abolition of preseason polls in college football, because yes, right. for this very reason, Wake Forest currently undefeated 13th in the country. And I don't, I don't think that they're, you know, a top five team and that they're going to go to the playoffs. Um, but certainly they're, you know, they are in the driver's seat to go to the ACC championship. The, the issue is that, you know, a team like Notre Dame at six and one is, and even if the resume is better, is ne- Wake Forest is never going to jump them. Notre Dame has to come back to them. And, mm-hmm. you know, you look at uh, Michigan State undefeated at eighth, you know, the Wolverines at six. Ohio State, you know, I mean, you just have these teams that are never going to be jumped by less uh, popular, like like Wake or, or Pittsburgh or NC State are never going to win enough to jump these unless it's winning all. And so, you know, you know, it's Alabama's not going down past three. They're just even with a bad loss. Like, Here's, like but, if, but there's a shaming involved in that with those preseason polls and the, you know, the perennial dominance of Bama can't be, you know, can't be argued, but because of that, you're then you shame anybody if you say like, look, Wake Forest is undefeated, Bama is not. They are in the, you know, it's as I always float out there. It's the equivalent of if in the NFL, it's like saying, um, you know, last year. Well, the, we all know. I mean, I, Brady. Yeah, they went into Lambeau and won that game, but we, the Packers were better than they were. Just send them anyway. We, you, that, that's not the way it operates. You are in the same structure. If you are in a tougher division and a tougher conference, oh well. I mean, I, if Georgia, it, they kind of, if you look at it, it's easy to say, well, Bama is going to win out, including winning the SEC title game over Georgia, and quick pick that one for us there. Um, Georgia in Florida laying 13 and a half. Do you think the Gators have any shot in that one? Reminder, they I, I almost am, I have down zero Bama. interest for the rest of the year in getting in front of Kirby Smart's death machine. When it comes to gambling, I'm not. I'm not betting against Georgia. Like usually, it's Saban. I don't like to get in front of. I'm not getting in front of 
Georgia. They, I mean, they are nasty and they run the ball. Their defense is insane. So even though it's at you know, the, the cocktail party and whatnot in, uh, in my in my mother's hometown of Jacksonville, uh, I will I will pass on uh, or getting. I would take I would take the I would lay the points with Georgia in just about every situation. But to your point, like you know, there these these uh these oh i forgot Ryan. that we have to play the lindsey scott touchdown the classic eddie uh, spaghetti would didn't walk the the big blue marble for another like 15 years after that happened but it's one of the most exciting sin- signature plays in college football history blood and a stand-up fire they may or may not blitz they won't buck back third down on the eight in trouble got a block behind him gonna throw on a run complete to the 25 to the 30 lindsey scott 35 40 And by the way, that Georgia team would have lost to the Pitt Panthers in the 1980 Sugar Bowl had they uh, had they wait. That was the they sent in 1980. Georgia beat Georgia played. Uh, I was negative one. Pitt beat Georgia. I gotta, I gotta do the math on this whole thing. All right, I'll, I'll, I'll figure. Uh, it out. Like, to, to answer your original question, though, Shane. All right, you need. Like, I think Georgia is going to be in, right? Assuming that their only loss is in the SEC championship game to Alabama, in theory, right? I mean that that's not gonna that's not gonna please me. That's not gonna please me. You, I mean, both of those. T- you have to send both. You have to send two in the whole world of college football. You have to send both of those teams if Georgia loses in its conference title game, like I just yeah. described to you. That, that if that that's not that's not cool. That's not the way no, it no, should cool. work. You are rooting for it's Georgia. It's a playoff game. It's yeah. a conference championship game. It's right there in the title. That is a playoff game. If you lose it, you don't get to continue playing even though you lost a playoff game. Agreed. Right? Um, so you're a Georgia fan. You need Georgia to beat Bama in the in the championship game. I think game. so, right. I, ideally, Georgia would slip up once along the way there, and then the loser of that game with two losses would just be out. Uh, and it would be a play-in game. Um, Cincinnati is probably getting in. I mean, the AP voters have moved them to number two. If they run the table, they are probably in. Um, you need Oklahoma. Will, they? will they? I think they will. Spaghetti gets very upset when I say Cincinnati should go to the. If I mean again, if they're undefeated, what are we doing? If if maybe if Indiana and Notre you, Dame, like they did, yeah, yeah, I agree. Wait, why would why would care. they not? What go if on? you hide? What if you hide? What if you're in a bum conference and if you're in a Power Five conference, if you go undefeated, then like the the argument, like yeah, but we all know that the the. the unsatisfying jive that the cools do and then they beat you down they bully you intellectually and otherwise like you know what oh you think you think cincinnati would have a chance against georgia or bama no that's not i mean i think they would likely lose but by the way didn't have a chance against them either you still put them in that's exactly right the stand the spaghetti's big one is Oh, Cincinnati will lose by 70 against Georgia. Yeah, so will most any other team, too. They'll, they'll also get whipped. So what are we – it's a playoff game. If you lose it, when when the Steelers played the Ravens in front of Super Bowl 43, it was understood, well, not, those are the two best teams. And nobody volunteered like, 
Ah, the Cardinals. Come on, they're junk. Just send the Ravens back to play the Steelers again. Let's get a rematch of that because we all know. Like that, that's the logic that the Eddie Spaghetti's of the world would uh, would want you to buy, and I don't care for it. I'm going to defend you, myself because you're making you're making miserable points here. So I I've touted this for weeks <laughs> ago. Cincinnati C- Cincinnati Cincinnati's uh, next big game or arguably their biggest potential win of the season because I don't really I've been honest about Notre Dame this whole year. Notre Dame is as average as they've been the last two years. They're playing Southern Methodist near the end of the year they're also undefeated so if smu beat cincinnati why isn't smu in in the title game in the final four like why why is cincinnati undefeated that's a better undefeated than san diego state who's also undefeated or right now michigan state's undefeated or michigan's like so that my my point is that it's like if you're going to put cincinnati in why are you putting in a school undefeated schools from the big 10 or why are you putting in if smu beats cincinnati then cincinnati should drop out of 20 top 25 completely that's like my point is like SMU you're, you're, beating you're, Cincinnati you're getting, is a quality win. Angry. Yes. You're getting angry at the, t- at the AP polls. And I do agree with you slightly there that they want to favor teams like Ohio state lost to Oregon. Ohio state's now ranked ahead of Oregon for, for whatever reason, because of the preseason polls. I agree with you in that sense, but the if, leniency, if, the leniency about Ole Miss. Oh yeah. But look at who they lost to. Like, what the what do we do? How are they ranked ahead of teams with with? Then why is UTSA? Why isn't UTSA in the top five? Why isn't San Diego State in the top five? Why isn't SMU in the top five? Why isn't Wake Forest in the top five? Like Will just said, like I, like All so. Why is Cincinnati, Cincinnati? Cincinnati is reaping the benefits of the preseason polls, but now those schools aren't. So you're not really fully in line with your point you're making. Yeah, now I, I now he, Spaghetti's correct in that in the sense that the problem with the, the current rankings is that they do way too much to justify prior expectations right That's so like right. cincinnati was highly thought of coastal carolina great example coastal carolina ranked before the season if coastal carolina runs table they keep moving up but pittsburgh you know wins these games but they weren't well thought of before the season and they lost to western michigan so people don't want it, they're hesitant to move them up and like nc state two lost team right i mean you know, we, we should have won but i mean we, we, it's a game we should go down and win we shouldn't have won the game but um we were ranked i think 18th or something like that and we lose at miami and the voters are like all right well cool we're done with you and you know out immediately and that's it's just it's but if you know if that if we were old miss or something and we lost our second game they're not out of the top 25 you know it's 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 all these priors and that's the issue it's, where where it specifically goes, though, ultimately, it all is SEC versus the world, the ongoing. And, and obviously, right. I get what 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 goes down and what Bama's done. But also a lot of it, like, is after the fact that you say, like, what well, Nick Saban and that Bama machine keeps on rolling. It's like, yeah, they got into some final fours that they shouldn't have been in. Based on what Perhaps. I'm saying, and I think what you kind of agree with, so maybe they won some national championships that if I were in charge, they wouldn't have gotten, and it would entrench my point, not theirs. Um, because you know this: if Michigan beats Michigan State this weekend, and they go to the and they play Ohio State, and their only losses to Ohio State this year, they're not going to then say send it. Well, wait, how would that work if they lose to Ohio State? It's then so Ohio State Ohio still has to play. All those, all those teams still have to play each other, I think. And so the, I, looking at that a week ago or so, it's basically it looks like the Big Ten is going to sort itself out where one right. team at most will come out of there. But if that wouldn't a, be the one, case in the SEC. That would, that's the same logic we're talking about here because if it were the SEC. You, SEC is the only conference, and correct me if I'm wrong, that literally in, these, in this Final Four would ever send a team that didn't win 
even its own division within the conference, correct? I mean, like Alabama has made Final Fours without even meeting that low, st- relatively low standard. If Michigan oh, um, loses to Ohio State and then they're, they're sitting there with one loss and then they don't play in the Big Ten Championship, there's not going to be a whole lot of conversation. Send Michigan anyway, whereas that would no, be true with whoever loses SEC Georgia. But they did that with Ohio State a few years ago. Remember I mean, I, Ohio State? Did they? Ohio State. Yeah, you're right. Penn okay, State, you're right. Penn State made the championship game like lost to Wisconsin, and they're like, well, we do have to pick the four best teams. And it's, it's like, no, you didn't make it to the championship game. What, do we, what is the point of the championship game? What is the point of divisions? What is the point of playing football? If the team, like you win, the, you go to the championship game, you should be in. I, I think the other exception would be, and, and this doesn't apply to this year, but a one-loss Clemson team, again, because of the priors. Like if Clemson ran the table and then lost in the title game to uh, Pittsburgh or North Carolina, I think that they would have still been capable of getting in. As far as if like the Big Ten, so Michigan is Michigan and Michigan State are seven and zero each. Ohio State six and one, and only one of those teams can go to the championship game, which again is a, an right. argument to abolish divisions. Um, I, I just think the way it'll work itself out is. The, just the Big Ten champ. Assuming Iowa didn't drop a ton of games down the stretch, it's just the Big Ten champion just going to go more than likely, unless it's a two or you know, two lost team or something like that. Right, that makes sense. Yes, um, and then there's Oregon still in there, and they have a they have a reason to be raw um, that they're behind Ohio State. They went into Columbus after all and beat them, and Stanford is not a good team. But you know, really. I know you can get into that, like this team beat that team and comping all that kind of stuff. But like, is Stanford really that much? Uh, it's like, oh, it's acceptable to lose to to Stanford, but not to Western Michigan. Yeah, right. Directional just, Michigan, we can't. Uh, that was a Western weird Michigan's game. All right. probably a better team than Stanford. Right, exactly. Right, exactly. Except that we just go into it. We, we, we react to brands in college football. It's a weird thing. All right, the listen, fact- we have so much to talk about. Oh, yeah, 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 we should probably go talk ahead. about the NFL. Since that's, no, no, well, no, no, no. I want to hear, I, I also, because I know it's important to you, one more thing on college football, though. The latest bowl projections have uh, the Pitt Panthers playing Eddie Spaghetti's Notre Dame Fighting Irish in the Peach Bowl. Can we crash near you, or do you want to come uh, host us as, uh, you know, that region's representative? Um, uh, I think I would probably come jo- in Atlanta. Yeah, you would be uh, you you would be uh, disappointed at the length of the drive for for me to for for you to you are more than welcome to come stay with me. Um, but you you will you will get up to go to the game and be like, oh my, that's seven hours to Atlanta. Unfortunately, oh, it's not that's um, not that close. I see. Yeah, right. um, just because more importantly. But, uh, are you excited about the Braves? How how excited about the, yes, the Braves? What would I, this do I, yes. for Will Brinson, the sports fan, if for the Braves to win? Would this rank? Is there another championship for the teams you root for that would mean more than the Atlanta Braves vanquishing the hated Houston Astros in twenty twenty one? This would be the best title of, of of my sports teams in my since in my adult life. What? So like not, not, not whole life, but adult life. So as a Braves fan growing up, obviously, you know, you got 95 World Series. Um, it felt like, and I was texting with a, a friend of mine today, and he he said, um, do, you, do you have any hookups? You know, p- people, for some reason, think I can get tickets to stuff. Like, I'm mm-hmm. like, no. I can't get tickets to NFL games, um, you know. But uh, he's like, "Can you get? A, can you get? Can you get World Series tickets?" I'm like, um, "No, I mean, I can ask around. Probably not going to happen." He goes, I, "I'm going to go with my kids." And he goes, "I was like, yeah." He, and he, and we, he said, you know, "He's like, you know, I had a chance to go 20 years ago and I didn't, and I just assumed I would have tons of chances 
You're like every year. So the Braves, they'll be good. Yeah, they'll be close. They'll be going. It won't be a big deal. And the Braves haven't been to the World Series, World Series since 99. Um, the only that, three it titles. really is hard to believe. It really is to, uh, just. If you're already you checked. Right. It, it, it was just, it was just Braves, playoffs, Braves, playoffs, Braves, playoffs. And it's been forever. Um, if there was some like I, thing, like they hooked you up, like you get um, instantly uh, evaporated from the planet Earth if you answer wrong. If somebody said like, you have 1.5 seconds to answer these questions. Atlanta Braves, have they been in a World Series in the 21st century? You would just go like, yeah, I go, well, yeah. yeah and and, and then we would yeah. evaporate. Yeah. Even like I, I was talking about it on radio last week or you know after the thing, and I was like, I think it's since 99, which seems kind of crazy. And I will say too, that my, I think my baseball fanhood waned a bit um, in the early to, to mid to two thousands. Uh, I, I find myself back now, but I'm obviously, you know, I'm always a Braves fan, but you know, it, it doesn't help when you're not winning. Um, I have three titles for my teams. I think that's right. In my life, 90. And, and this is um, now I don't like to admit this, but I'm a, I grew up a Duke fan. Right. And uh, it was until I went to NC State in 1999. Sort of like Pittsburgh and Indiana for you. Same deal. Okay. Uh, all right. Yeah. Okay. I'll allow it, here. but it's a little too close for comfort where you're concerned. But all right. It's, I mean, Tobacco oh, sure. Road, oh, it's, it's, a, it's a little yeah. creepy, but all right. That's like, yeah, it's, it's that's totally the equivalent of me being Pitt and Penn State. That would be, well, I mean, correct. not that direct. But all well, right. Carolina and State would be the problem. Like if you're, a, if you're a Duke fan, then go to Carolina or whatever it is. Now you can see over my right shoulder. That is actually the 1992 uh, Duke basketball team, entire team signed ball. Uh, Christian Leitner, Hurley, all those guys, very hated team. Uh, but that was 91 and 92. First titles for me as a kid at the ages of uh, what, 10 and 11. And then at 95. 92 suck because I'm older than you and I was at Indiana University. And if Leitner doesn't make that jive shot, the Indiana Hoosiers vanquish Kentucky and then win the national championship. That, is, right. that is more than likely correct. And then, um, after uh, after that, 95 Braves, right? So as a young adult, young Will Brinson and all his, you know, uh, pasty, khaki gloriness, duckheads and, and, the, and the like, uh, was under the impression, check, that life is just full of titles. You know, I just had titles. Look at these titles. Like, come on in. You went everywhere. Uh, goes to NC State in 1999. And frankly, you know, with the, Bra the Braves haven't been to the World Series, so no chance there. I don't really have a basketball team in the pros, although the, I guess the Hornets might qualify. Uh, the, the, I think like, the Hurricanes did win a, a, a I was going to say. When I was in college, but I wouldn't – I love the Canes, but I'm not a diehard hockey guy. So, you know, I didn't grow up a Canes fan. They weren't even around. So I would say that a Braves World Series win would be, yes, the best championship of since since the last Braves World Series. Braves World Series win. Boy, in that's sad. You make me a little sad for you because you weren't even there for what would have. What's one of the um, great titles of my lifetime was when the Wolfpack beat Houston when they beat Five Slam a Jam nice. in '83, and you weren't. Uh, yeah, I was just. I was too. So, I mean, well, that's the yeah. sad part for most of my friends who live who are from Raleigh because I'm from the central central part of the state. Um, and there's a whole long story about being a Duke fan, but uh, as they all grew up pack fans, but they're also all born in like 81. So there's no, you know, it's nothing but pain and suffering for NC state fans, which as we point out, I believe the, like uh, our best, our linebacker, Isaiah Moore, the best defensive player on our football team uh, is out for the season with a, with a knee injury that was announced uh, earlier today. And we're on a hmm. thread. Uh, I'll just read. Let's just a couple of quick texts. Uh, let's see. Heartbreaking. 
infinite sadness, the great perpetrators of sadness. <laughs> like, like this, these are texts being sent to this thread uh, of, of NC State fans where it's like, we just can't have anything nice, can we? And, uh, and so we, we, hope, we hope we can run the table and meet you guys in, in Charlotte anyway. Boy, serendipity, because I did want to ask you about this, and you're in North Carolina, so this this sets up the question neatly. So you're a Braves guy. All or the vast majority of Sports America will be rooting for the Braves, not because the Atlanta Braves are especially likable and the sports town of Atlanta fun, has, turned into, gashes, basically. has turned punchline. Yeah, well, they've turned because they, you know, 28 to 3 and all that, and the Bulldogs uh, against yeah. Bama and everything else. Um, but more is because people hate the Astros. Who Correct. is, would you say, the most hated team in American sports right now? A lot of it is a product of success. You know, some people vibe to you. The the front runners jump on with Duke and with the Patriots, but then they're at least equally hated. Who would you hold up there? Is it the Astros right now? And if the Carolina Panthers do, in fact, acquire Deshaun Watson, oh. should they become the most hated team in America because it's very strange the way this whole thing is going down. It is, it is, it is very disturbing. And I think uh, our pal Greg Rosenthal had a good tweet about this. Um, yes. Yes. On Sunday where he said something to the likes of it's infuriating to see, and it's infuriating to see you know, Deshaun Watson being able to like maybe pick and choose where he wants to go uh, with all these allegations lingering. It's also infuriating that it's like Stephen Ross and David Tepper, you know, the dolphins and the Panthers are, like, like they're, you know, if they trade for Deshaun Watson, they are drawing a literal line of morality in the sand that says, I'm willing to, you know, like if we were, because if they were four and two or, or, or five and two or even four and three or even maybe three and four, this isn't a discussion. But because I guess they are three and four because they won the first three games, but, but they're hemorrhaging losses. They can't win games. You know, David Tepper's given up on Sam Darnold, and as a result, he's back in. A week ago, he was out, and now he's back in. And it's like it's you're just drawing this line in the sand where you say, you know, before we were, we want to let the process play out, but now it's like, okay, we're a little more desperate, so we are going to trade for Deshaun Watson and and see what happens. It's it's disturbing, and yes, I think the Panthers will be uh, vilified if if they do go out and, and trade for Deshaun Watson, and they deservedly will be vilified. And uh, you know, I, I hope that the Charlotte media holds their, their feet to the fire. I, I, I would say that Duke and the Pats are out now. It's weird. Our, our traditional villains. Hmm. With, with Brady gone and Belichick sort of not neutered, but at least, you know, wounded, they're not nearly as villainous. And uh, with Coach K, you know, announcing his retirement, I, I don't think people are maybe as scared of Duke or um, consider Duke to be as hated. If Duke gets to a final, of course, they'll be there. I, I, uh, the Astros are probably up there. I mean, I hate the Yankees. If the Astros, yeah. Well, it's a, like I say, the 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 brands that dominate the most: Notre Dame, Bama, uh, yeah. Duke, the Cowboys. People hate the Steelers. You know, people hate. Well, I I I do like to float out. I do think among dynasties that the Steelers have to be about as likable a dynasty as we've seen in our sure. lives. The late, the late also, Golden State was mini dynasty, and I, I don't think a lot of people hated that team, although the KD thing maybe screwed it up for, for some people. But uh, um, Go- Golden State's a lot like um, Seattle uh, in football, where it's like, oh, man, like we really like colorful personalities, you know, like rising superstars. Yeah, right. And then all of a sudden it's like, okay, all right, enough is enough, Russell. Like, and, and, you know, it's like Steph, KD, like enough is enough. Um, I, we, I was actually writing like a column um, before we popped on where it's like looking at the AFC and how it, with, with the Chiefs down, 
and Brady gone, it, there's this void of, you know, I mean, obviously the Bills are a very good team, but they got taken down by the Titans. And Tennessee beat the Chiefs and the Bills, but they lost to the Jets. And maybe the Bengals are awesome and the Raiders are good. There, there is, it feels like anybody's game in the AFC this year. I think and, you and, have to, uh, one thing I've settled on after many moons of Kibitzen about football within the season, that it is a, that's why I love college football so much is because every chapter, as I always describe, you know, every week is a, is a new chapter. And that's why football is so satisfying versus the other sports is that you get a week away and you update it and you try and download what it means and make sense going forward. But you also have to take a 30,000 foot view and stick by what you thought in advance of things or what you said, because if you start reacting too much in either direction, I said the Bengals would beat the Ravens because of the chapter, the way the chapters flowed for the Ravens. They had too many big games in a row. They were due for a letdown. And this felt like a spot where the Bengals were going to go in with, with they created the sense we have something to prove to the world. And so they did. Um, and that's what's great about college football is that every chapter at least used to be a death sentence if you lost. Like, sorry, the, the, the rest of your book doesn't end in in, in uh, as dramatically as you had hoped it would. Um, but by the way, with Deshaun Watson, too, and then we'll jump in on the Bengals specifically because I'm uh, interested in your thoughts on them and the Chiefs. Um, it all feels like amidst the, the world crying cancel culture is is the worst. The woke people want to cancel everybody. This conflicts with that premise, doesn't it? Because I feel like it all rides on. There's no way that the Panthers front office is thinking about doing this. And same thing goes with the Dolphins front office. If there weren't a sense with the team and with the league that the fans are indifferent about it, they want to win. And I, 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 you know, the people will abandon their morals like that. And I don't even know what's right because it is. I said Daddy Spaghetti the other day. We need one of those. Um, we need a GIF of the the Spider Man's pointing at each other. Except it's got to be all thirty two because that's what every fan base does. It's like, oh, but you that guy's a scumbag on your team. Like, he hey, has no uh, morals. It's like I, I, I think I, I think if you get into that game, I don't think you're going to find anybody clean. I don't. I, I think you're gonna right. you're gonna be able to point at at least one person on every team. But this is pretty dark. This is different than like we're trying to stand by our guy and we're trying to help. This is going out of your way to bring somebody in whose situation is muddled it back. I mean, you don't even know what's going to be. It's crazy to do that. And like the guy I keep saying, I feel bad for is two. And I guess same goes for Sam Darnold. It's like, sure. You're, you're that unhappy with me. You're, you're, you're that desperate <laughs> to get out from under me that you're going to go and do this. Like, you don't even know when he's going to play. I mean, he could be shelled for games or months ago. Or if we like, he might go to, really? he might go to the joint. He might get sent to jail, but you're still yeah. willing to make that like anything to get away from you to anything that would, anything would be better than what you're doing for us. Is a crazy right. place to be. Correct. And if you're Sam Darnold, yeah. it's even it's even worse because you're you're like, uh, listen, not to be a jerk here, and, uh, but but you hired me six months ago, like, and and the receivers are dropping everything, and the offensive line isn't good. Like, I'm sorry, I'm not Deshaun, you know, I'm not Deshaun on the field, but you know, like I said, with that that morale that line the the morality line in the sand too. It's you know, it wasn't. They were the Panthers, David Tepper and the Panthers weren't willing to cross that line six months ago. And like, yeah, what's and I think it's predicated on, though, like, as I say, the notion that I think the league does this a lot with like Gruden's emails as a for instance, let's kick it down the road. I, this isn't exact science, but I do think for real that there is sort of like a 
They're 80% of the fan base doesn't want to do this because they understand it's disruptive to, to the fans' expectations on autumn Sundays. I really think that uh, that that logic carries the day a lot. Like, it's the same thing with everybody knows deep down that if you're 18, that nobody should be able to control where you play and free agency is, a you know, you should, obviously they're human beings who are talented and they, they have rare skills that allow them to make millions of dollars. It's like people conjure, they conjure rationalizations, have a bunch of, a bunch of nonsense to, to justify saying like these millionaires, they, th- you know, it's because you don't like you don't want them to get that because you know it'll ruin the world that you've created. Like college basketball has already been dented, but it's ultimately better for the kids for them to be able to go and make their millions when they're 19 years old, right? It's it's the same insane logic that lawmakers like in North Carolina make where they say we can't legalize gambling. The sin that would occur. It's like, uh, yeah, you already legalized lotto tickets, and that's basically just designed to rip off poor people in the name of theoretically providing education for our schools. So, but it's you know, it's the same thing. You 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 uh, like it's like a stanza like where you you talk yourself into an alternate reality in order to avoid making some kind of change. And I mean, I think with the Panthers and the Watson thing, it would be interesting. I mean, it would be interesting to see the dynamic of how it all played out. Like, would Scott Fowler write a weekly scathing column in the Charlotte Observer? And even if he did, would it matter? You know, you know, um, because with football, I think particularly with the NFL, if something happens like a Deshaun Watson trade, we are there's going to be outrage for three days, and then another football game will take place. And then a weekend of football game will take place. And maybe Deshaun Watson plays in it. Maybe he doesn't. We don't know what the league will do. But people, you know, it's in this, you can go back to the 2016 or 2020 election, right? Where it's like, or just the news cycles for the last 10 years, where it's like nothing lasts for more than three days. Because something something else insane comes along and takes its place. And that's what happens in the NFL too. Now, Watson would linger, but he would answer, he would say after games, you know, people would be like, what's the deal with the, he's like, I can't, it's a legal situation. I'm not, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm legally not allowed to speak openly about it while s- settlement discussions are ongoing. And I mean, the way I understand it too, is that in theory, Deshaun Watson could check, uh, settle now. If you, I, I don't, I don't, I'm, this is not absolute fact, but this is sort of the, what you hear. Um, and that the issue is that he wants, he does not want to sign NDAs, non-disclosure agreements. He right. wants to be able to publicly speak about it so he can clear his name and or so he can present evidence to the NFL if they attempt to suspend him that should say that to the contrary. But if he, you know, it's possible that the Panthers, you know, reach out through third parties, you know, some tampering and some light tampering perhaps um, and say, hey, look, if he can get this quashed, we'll make the deal now and he'll play next week. And then maybe Deshaun we Watson's will- willing to. I, people I, that I, 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 yes, it's crazy. And, and there will be, uh, if there were a trade announced tonight, there would be a ton of people posting Carolina Panthers fans, posting their new jerseys, their new number four jerseys that they're excited to wear. And if you plugged him in sooner rather than later, and he started winning games, given where they are and they're making a playoff run. I mean, you think Ray Lewis was, a, I mean, that's the thing that you that is unsatisfying for the side that says you got to shut this down. This is this is immoral to do. Right. Ray Lewis won this didn't just go there. It's funny how those things tend to break that way too. That Ray Lewis 
doesn't just make it through the season. He goes to the Super Bowl and is the Super Bowl MVP, and the Lee has to deal with all that. Um, and everybody, you know, everybody came through. The Lee, there, there was no, there no repercussions. Uh, nothing happened nothing. to anybody, really. I mean, Ray Lewis is on TV, flaps his gums about this, that, and the other without any sense of irony when he, he talks about a good football. locker room. Right, exactly. He's, he's so, the cast, hanging out. It's very strange. All right. No, no, people are, no, I was just saying, but people always, too, like, you always hear fans who are like, they're like, the NFL has to answer for this. It's like, the NFL doesn't answer for anything. The NFL is a, like, it, the pro, people, a, a lot of people, and I think I've fallen prey to this before as like a younger sports fan, but, um, you know, the NFL is not a public institution. It likes to paint itself as a public institution. And these, these, uh, these professional football teams are of the city, you know, like the blue collar Pittsburgh Steelers ingrained in the culture of the steel workers in, in this, in this blue collar, uh, Pennsylvania city, a heart of a heartbeat of America. And that is all true and, and kind of accurate with the narrative, but the Steelers don't, work for the state of Pennsylvania or the city of Pittsburgh. You know, the Steelers are an independent billion dollar business that, and I think it's sometimes hard to separate ourselves from that, especially with uh, certain teams, you know, and and you feel like, because the owners want you to feel that, you know, Hey, invest in the stadium, you know, with our tax dollars. Like we're, we're all in this together and this is the pride of Charlotte or whatever it is, but no, this guy, these these guys are here trying to make money off you. That is, that is the bottom line. And, and so it's, the NFL doesn't answer for anything. NFL teams don't answer for anything. They, they're, they're businesses. I mean, they do like to within the, the the global economy of the NFL. But you know, if, if David Tepper trades for Deshaun Watson, he's not getting fired or like losing his football team. Yeah, I know there will be people who picket it and complain about it. But if they are winning games, it real people always say that glibly, but it happens to also be true. Hey, and by hey, the way, as a side can note, can I ask? Can I ask you something? I have a question about this. I just thought of this. I had never. I didn't thought of this until like right now, but. Um, what, 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 I mean, ethically, this would probably be wrong, but if you're David Tepper, you're, I mean, you're worth, uh, I think like $15 billion or like $10 billion or something. I mean, some, some insane amount of money. Do you call Deshaun Watson's agent and say, here's the deal. I'm going to pay for the settlements. Ask them hmm. how much they want to settle these cases with on like with, with whatever will make Deshaun happy to settle the cases as well. And I will fund the entirety of that settlement as, as long as it's not more than $50 million. I, this is a question. Forget even, I mean, that specifically, you know, uh, you know, has a, has a darkness implied to it. But I've asked oh, yeah, that question before, and I don't know if I've gotten a satisfying answer to that. When people always say, like, Tom Brady, he makes team-friendly deals. Like, if, and, and people will say to you, he makes a fortune off TB12, and he gets that, and he filters a lot of those players, or was when he was with the Patriots, filtering sure. teammates through there against Belichick's wishes, and that was part of the the uh, fallout there. But in general, why isn't that the case? It's like Aaron Rodgers wants a, wants a much richer deal, or who had blank player wants much more money. Like, all right, I mean, uh, as far as the salary cap goes, we're going to pay you this much, but also we're going to we're, we're I, I'll also give you on the side. I'll give you ten million dollars. Like, why, uh, why does that? Why how would they? Owners, why, no, I mean, why, no, you're right. Like, doesn't like, that happen? Like, give Russell Wilson some Microsoft stock or something, and be like, take right, less, exactly. so we can pull around you and just make him a make his. Uh, I don't know, make his uncle the assistant chair at Microsoft, and he gets a huge salary and just gives the money to Russell for you know. What I mean, like, there's. 
there's every NFL team sans maybe the Packers because a mod from uh, Beulahville, Wisconsin is, is one of the many owners of the green Bay Packers. Uh, every, every NFL team, you know, they're like whispering about how the Patriots are circumventing the salary cap. And, you know, it's like, well, then create a business for your star quarterback. Who's going to play for 20 years and set up shop in your stadium. Like, I don't know, maybe Russell Wilson likes designing t-shirts. It is interesting because luck and Fora was on here two, three weeks ago. And he said, you know, for all this thing, he said, he insinuated that at least it was kind of a canard that this thing, cause I always say what a lot of people do too, that it's not a mystery that as people treat it, like what's going on? Why isn't this? Why aren't the Seahawks? They haven't been to a Super Bowl since 49 when he threw that interception. And there is something to be said for talk to Cliff Averill and other Seahawks about when Russell threw that interception that Pete Carroll kind of lost the locker room for that, whatever. But beyond that, it's not, it's also not a coincidence that Russell Wilson was on his rookie deal. And then once you paid him, that it corrupts the rest of the roster. Now, there's some nuance there, and Jeff Schwartz likes to argue with me about this and and, and what, but, but the results are undeniable that a great quarterback on his rookie deal is the sweet spot. And yes. um, so um you can with, you can no doubt go to a Super Bowl with a quarterback on a huge deal or a non-team friendly deal. I mean, Matt Ryan did sure. it, Cam Newton did it, um Dak you know, might we, we do it with the Cowboys this year, right. No doubt about it, but the, but here here's where I think the, the people kind of miss the point. It's not that like if when you have that much free money in your salary cap space, it's not the next the next superstar you sign. I mean that's helpful, but it's the it's the guys on the edge, you know, like the 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 fringe that's guys who that's right who make who make the plays in the Super Bowl to win these games, you know, like, I mean, I don't know, Malcolm Butler, like, because you have more money to be able to move around this, it just changes the economics of your salary cap and you're able to finagle it more easily than you, than you would be, you know, like, like, here's a perfect example. The Eagles with Carson Wentz on his rookie deal. This is right. Right. But they are able to go and get a guy like our, our good pal, Chris Long, who, I mean, and I'm not saying, I mean, you know, he, he was playing with the Patriots and then he decided he went into free agency and he, and he ends up landing with the Eagles. Um, now, if you look at that team, the way it was constructed, they invested a lot of resources into the offensive and defensive line. And, you know, I mean, Chris Long was, I mean, you know, he was an older veteran, but if, if you, you know, by maybe if Carson Wentz is on a huge contract and he wasn't at the time, right? Yeah. No, he wouldn't have been in 2017. No. It's a rookie deal. No. Yeah. Um, you're maybe you're not able to sign all those like those veteran guys that help complement what you already have and to put you over the top. That's, that's, well, that's I mean, the thing precisely the my point. I, the, the cross sports comp that I always make is it's the difference between, I know this is an aged uh, reference that I always use, <laughs> but it's the difference between big marketing, the Red Sox. I remember this is now gotta be 15 years ago. It's the lamest. Re- and By the way, how insufferable are the Red Sox now? Remember how fun oh, they were they're in the, 2004? They're, they're awesome. No, the whole thing they might is, be the their fans are the worst. We talked to Kevin oh. Hench every week and he he goes crazy. Like four Super Bowls, I mean four World Series. All you said, you know, I only want to see one, just let me then I can die in peace. And then four later, they're still going crazy about it. All those Super Bowls, the Stanley Cup, you beat the Lakers Celtics. for a title this millennium. I mean, come I it's it's ridiculous. But anyhow, yeah. Um uh yes, the it, it's the Red Sox had at whatever it was, like 10, 15 years ago at this point, they had enough money 
that they had six starting pitcher options. And in spring training, they're like, Brad Brad Penny has been pretty good over the last few years. Let's sign him as our seventh starter. Like, he may or may not work out. We don't know if he's going to work out. That would be the biggest signing that the Pittsburgh Pirates would have in any given season if they went after a free agent. Like, this, like we're just going to have this guy on the side in case one of the other six guys doesn't work out. And if he flames out, no, but the – the more salacious one is like Trevor Bauer has all his stuff and they're like, the Dodgers are like, well, let, I guess we have to go get Max Scherzer. Straight from Max Scherzer, Scherzer and Trey Turner. Like, like if, what? If, if the Pittsburgh Pirates if the or, or the Texas Ra- or whoever, did so, if they had Trevor Bauer and things went, right, and they went in that direction, it would be like, well, we're ruined for the next three years. That's why we can never Correct. spend money is because something like that happened. That's the difference when you have a guy making $45 million in your NFL salary cap. Um, but by the way, the one thing I was going to say about Luck and Ford that is interesting, he insinuated at least, he's like, how are the Bucks doing it? They have all their guys back. Tom Brady ain't making $5 million or anything. They, there's a way to do it to support your point and I think my point too. But let's talk about the here and now. The Chiefs, by hook or by crook, are three and four. Chiefs fans got very upset with me when I said um, at the start of the season, look at this schedule. There could be four and three uh, by Halloween. As it turns out, I was wrong. They were three, they're three and four. Now nice. the Chiefs under nine and a half, you can get it plus 140. Do you like that or do you like the Cincinnati Bengals who you mentioned there? Over 10 and a half at plus 175. I told Schwartz, by the way, or I, t- I tweeted it, and he got snarky with me on social media about it. I said, you know, don't be surprised when the Week 16 game at Cincy is for a playoff spot. And maybe I'm wrong because the Bengals now may win the division. But Bengals, I think Bengals might be resting their players by week 16. That's right. That's like. probably the Chiefs uh, uh, puncher's chance against the mighty uh, Bungles. But yeah, what, what, what's your pick there? Do you think the Bungles now are going to go over 10 and a half? And by the way, I just have to squeeze this in because it occurred to me sitting on the airplane last night. The cards are 7-0. and oh. I'm watching the Niners playing like they really need this one or the divisions. Oh, they could get a wild card, but they ain't going to win the division. If they right. get that far back, and I'm thinking about it, at seven and zero, how bad would the cards have to fall apart to miss the playoffs? I mean, they have to go now. They have to go three and seven to miss the playoffs. I mean, to to even be in jeopardy of missing. They get the ten yeah. wins if they win three out of their last ten games. Now, yeah, I mean, it's crazy. They're in it pretty be, much. It would. It would be a fire everybody epic collapse, or like Kyler gets hurt in. Um, I mean, sure, right, but yeah, right, right. That's, would, I mean, yeah, that would, notwithstanding, they're they're in the playoffs now. The Arizona Cardinals the are basically the first team Correct. in, right? Yes. Anyhow, um, make your pick here. All right, so the Bengals have uh, two matchups left against the Browns, including one in two weeks, and the Browns are very banged up. Uh, very Correct. impressive win on Thursday night. We'll see. Uh, you know, Pittsburgh's that's a team that's, tough. Uh, hosting uh, they, the Chargers is tough. The Chargers already got him an arrowhead. Maybe they have to make things right that way. Let's say well, they split that. I well, still think my, they my get thing, to right around the, 10. My thing for the Bengals is that they're two, they're three, or they're two most winnable games at the Jets and at the Broncos are on the road. And then they're tough matchups. Steelers, obviously one of the Browns, 49ers, although that doesn't look that tough right now. Ravens, Chiefs are all at home. I, I'm not sure that... Um, Cincy Stadium is necessarily this incredible home field advantage. Uh, not that any stadium is right now, but you know, th- I think that's beneficial. I see 
Well, the Chargers are at home too. So Chargers, Chiefs, Steelers, Niners, and Ravens. I think they managed to go at worst two and three in those. So I just think they're a good team. And we'll give them, I'm going to give them a win at the Raiders. I know probably bad for that, but that, that's just how, that's how I think it's going to play out. Coming off their bye. Win at the Jets. Win at the Broncos. So that's five wins. That gets them to 10. Basically, can they split with the Browns? And I think they can. So I would take that over. I Ten and a half. I think it's that's exactly where I have it. They well, they figured it Especially out. Especially a plus yeah, pretty well there. It's, I think it's right. It's exactly right. I think it's ten or at it's eleven Fandle? for them. Yes, at Fanduel. <laughs> thank you. And uh, that is, I, I am with you on that one. So you're going Bengals. The nine and a half. Count them up, Chiefs fans. They can turn out. They can hit the gas and win a bunch of games on 15's right arm and all of that. But count them up. It is it, it you think oh come on let's not get crazy here count up the the seven wins you see the rest of the way there that gets them into double digits. It's not as uh, simple as you might think. So I think the Broncos are probably a bottom five team in the NFL that we haven't that we are just now realizing after there's that a, loss. I think there's something about it that, that when things start going south there's a quit in them. It feels like Fangio right? It, it feels like it's all Our adding up is to it. terrible. It doesn't make sense, but I wonder, I mean, that's the thing. We'll see the offseason intrigue of like, are the Packers now? It's funny. I wonder how much of what happens the rest of the way through January and into mid-February, what goes down with the Packers impacts Rodgers. And I would imagine it's obviously pretty significant. If they win the Super Bowl, they go to the Super Bowl, Rodgers feels good enough that he comes back. Anything short of that, though, I think, I mean, they're also now right there for the number one seed. What if things are running through Lambeau again and they do anything other than get to the Super Bowl? I think Rodgers just goes like, ah, so we're not going to, it's just never going to work out, especially with Adams and and Jeopardy. Well, no, and the way that like that team in that franchise under two different coaches, but with the same quarterback have, you know, you have the Seahawks uh, overtime game in the NFC Championship game. You have Brady throws three picks and they still lose. They don't kick on the fourth down. This, you know, uh, they have the several other you know heartbreaking playoff moments. And I, so I, and so I would imagine that if they get to the NFC Championship game and lose, it will probably be in relatively heartbreaking fashion. And Aaron Rodgers may just say, "Okay, that's enough." But I, I agree with you. If they get to the Super Bowl or win the Super Bowl, I think he stays. For the Chiefs, by the way, they have to play the Packers in two weeks. I, I can't feel good about the, the Chiefs winning that game right now. I, I, I would think the Chiefs would split with the Raiders. I think they'll sweep the Broncos, which is the Rodgers point, too. Does Aaron Rodgers say, you know what, maybe Denver is not as good as it looked last offseason. Um, I think the – so, yeah, so sweep the Broncos, that's two. I, don't, I can't give them a win in primetime in L.A., I don't think. I think you get the Giants – that's my That's team. Three. They're going to the Super Bowl. I, I I really do think that too. By the way, I've been saying that. By the way, you know that you know June, that I was. I think uh, that's right. I, I was I was uh, being a moaning to John Breach about this last night. I wanted that you're once upon a Hollywood time. Once upon a time in Hollywood, uh, L.A. Stafford and um, I was going to predict that before the season and talked about it. John Breach in the off season tries to he tries to. Uh, elbow, elbow me out of the way for this, um, you know, for this, uh, for this, uh, Rams bandwagon thing. So I get off and then he jumps off 
And so now I got no, I was going to go like Chargers Rams in the Super Bowl and I was all pumped about it. And, and I, I went to the 49ers and now they suck. Anyway, I'm, I'm a tangent, but I think the. I stuck I think, with it. I, I, I was in on that in the preseason. That was my official preseason pick. Now, like I say, you got to keep your 30,000 foot view and not get sucked into what's going on in the uh, in the chapter book week to week. But it's very hard for me to resist. Uh, recognizing that this does wind up with Brady winning the Super Bowl again. It's just crazy that they just, right, they're, right, 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 exactly. same thing as like the Patriots, but a more, but, but a higher quality version. I saved the Randy Moss years. It just feels like there's something assassin. Like they just, they annihilate people and it's not hard. Like there, there's no and, like, what a special play. I mean, every other, like, did you see what Adams did? Did you see the run by King Henry there? That won them the game. It's, there's something very sort of like, well, yeah. I mean, they, of course they trucked that team. It was never in doubt. You're not, you're not going to stop Brady when it counts. And it's like, uh, you know, the, um, the only way that the Patriots ever unleashed this like uh, Death Star Tom Brady, like truly Death Star, like blowing teams out of the water, going up top, throwing late, you know, beating teams by 30 points and just not caring and, and not showing any remorse whatsoever was then the post Spygate season of 07 when they ran the table. But because he's now with Bruce Arians, who for years has had this, you know, the no risk it, no biscuit, like we just chuck it, like, F, like bleep it and chuck it. You know what I mean? Like that's Bruce Arians thing. Everyone's just sort of, completely on board if they haven't realized that this is happening that Tom Brady is destroying the league again like he is setting fire to other teams and he doesn't care he's throwing touchdown passes all over the place he's going to end up he might break his own re- you know break or break Peyton's records or whatever it is um and the unprecedented nature of anybody doing this let alone a man that age leaves us without words to describe it because there's not because it's not occurred in in sports history so it feels I, I it's a recurring thing for me I feel unsatisfied by the way we talk about what's happening right now like Jordan I felt like at some point it it got hyperbolic it's like all right you could beat Michael Jordan and I, I remember feeling that like man they just survived. The Suns could have beaten them, and the Rockets would have beaten them if he'd been in the league at the time. And the Jazz came this guy. With, with, you can do that with Brady's titles, obviously, but, uh, you know, through, this, through the 20-something years. But right now, um, it's just insane. I mean, it's like, as you point out, all these guys who we swoon about, Patrick Mahomes and otherwise, and Brady is better than all of them in, in it, terms of personal normalized. Numbers. He's normalized in like insane next level athletic production in a way that we're kind of like, well, yeah. I mean, it's like, like if Tom Brady wins a Super Bowl this year, as you just pointed out, everyone will turn to be like, well, he did it again. Well, yeah, what? I'm out of words. It's like, but we shouldn't be out of words because this is the craziest thing in the history of sports storylines for this 44 year old man to be shredding the league in, with an even better offense than he's ever had after he left the greatest football coach of all time, and and now is just doing it again in Tampa Bay. Um, the Chiefs, though. Yes, uh, I'm sorry, I got. No, sorry. I was gonna say, Giants won. I think they split with the Raiders. That's two. Sweep the Broncos. That's four. I'm gonna have them. I'm going to have them split check with the Chargers, Steelers, Cowboys, and Packers. So okay, that's I appreciate six. you not directly attacking the Steelers because who knows? No, 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 I, then, I, don't, I don't know. Maybe Minka will be back there and he'll take care of 15, you know? Hey, Steelers beat the Bills already. One of one of the great mysteries of, of life. I um, know it's a great then, mystery, but if that Minka Fitzpatrick block field goal 
counts. There's nobody who can convince me that the Steelers wouldn't have at least had a shot in the second half. It wouldn't wouldn't have been a foregone conclusion. And then what are we talking about? And if TJ Watt plays against the Raiders, I know we can play the game of injuries and everything, but if TJ Watt, one of the three or so best defensive players in the league, is in that game, you know, does Derek does Derek Carr make the long touchdown pass to Henry Ruggs? Perhaps not. I mean, things would feel very different for all the stuff with the Steelers. They could be if they were four and two. I, I, think the Steelers like, I don't know what they're doing. Yeah, they could easily Steelers can easily get in the wild card mix and steal some games. And the Chiefs haven't looked uh, very good. But the beauty of this, the way that the way that we sort of set this up, is hmm. it now comes down to. Can the, so that's so I gave them what uh, one two three four five six six wins there right so, right so the there. Chiefs okay. would then be nine and nine wins um, right well with one to go so these these new math thing messes me nine up nine so and bad. seven so be, I know really is nine and it's seven unsaid. it's so annoying nine and seven with and the and the game the game that we can't decide is that Bengals game like you know what I mean so it's like can they. You know, I mean, and obviously it's not the last game of the season, but it's the next to last game of the season. It's it's very possible if it plays out in similar fashion to this. Highly that unlikely maybe, that the chid, that the Bengals have pulled away from the Ravens and the rest of the division at that point, so that they're putting their feet up. Obviously, it's probably or, or the least, some impact. Haven't pulled away from the rest of the conference and are playing for home field advantage in that first round bye. So mm. yes, the the Bengals the Bengals will be all out against the Chiefs in Week 17, and. To, if you know, it would be crazy if that like the Chiefs somehow needed to beat the Bengals to get in the playoffs. Like no one could have seen that coming before the year. So I, I will probably take the what was it, the under at nine and a half. Nine the under half. maybe. I yep. think you take the under if we're taking the oh, Bengals over. Oh, look at that! That's fun. See, that's that's some forward thinking, not just reacting to brands and what we've already seen from them. Um, Regarding the Steelers, very quickly, they now play after a week off, and uh, the Browns had the weekend off at least. Did the Steelers want Bake or Case? Case or Bake? Who do they want this week, given Bake's injury? What's the better matchup if you're a Steelers fan? Oh, I think it's Bake. I'd rather have Bake. If I'm a Steelers fan, I want Baker Mayfield just healthy enough to play instead of a hundred percent case Keaton. Cause I think I think that's 75%, right. 75% Baker and hundred percent case are probably about the same guy. Well, and also he's going to be trying to prove something bake, but the oh, practical, the right. And the, but the, and the practical issue is if he's out there, I just don't know how he could play. I think this is nonsense that they're even talking like he might play because yeah. Cam Hayward falls on him once. And now you're really, I, I mean, I, well, I guess, what do I know how much worse it could get, but it seems like you could really cause him a lot of pain. If nothing else, if he's got, if he's that messed up and a 300 pound man falls on him on purpose, I, I can't imagine that's going to help anything. No, uh, I, I was, I was actually surprised to see that Baker is two and three against the Steelers in his career. I would have guessed, one and four, oh and five, even, but you know, completing fifty eight percent. Maybe Mason Rudolph not- he, with, with the season on the line and the Steelers sitting down all uh, uh, the vast majority of their relevant players in Week Seventeen last year. Let's keep in mind when everybody gets very excited about the Browns, they barely beat Mason Rudolph and a bunch that's of Steelers correct. backups in that game. People, people uh, get so a one, little bit over one of his. Why? Right, so one of his wins was that twenty four twenty two win over Mason Rudolph, and he didn't play that well in that game. Um, oh, I guess one the Steelers was the, were a two point. Con, the, the Steelers were a two point convert. Mason Rudolph threw it in the end zone. If that, they could have gone to overtime with the Browns knowing 
We must win this game, and we all we have to do is just beat the backups, and we go to the playoffs, and they almost lost that. That's why I felt like it was a little bit, a little bit much. I know that they the following week they came in and they shamed the Steelers in a way that I've never seen them shamed in my lifetime. But that still stands that the up and down nature of bacon, the things got to be just right for him to thrive. Um, let me bounce around quickly. Cause I want to wrap up yeah. with you. Cause I feel bad uh, holding you up this long. No, Couple no, I showed up like 15 minutes late for the podcast. We can talk forever. Oh, I don't care. No, I really have nowhere to go. It's fine. Can and will the Colts catch the Titans? My preseason pick to have the number one seed in the AFC. The Titans were or the, the Colts division. Were? The Titans oh. were, I didn't say, I, I, I said, do not, conflate this comment with me thinking they're the best team in the AFC. They just have the easiest path to the number one seed the Titans do. And so far that's how it's playing. Even though they lost to the jets, I said, this was a big fortnight. They could win both sides of it. Now they have now I don't look so silly anymore. Um, and the Colts though, starting to put it together. And by the way, as a side note, I also want to get your thoughts on on the Ravens the rest of the way here because I felt like that was another uh, a little little bit of evidence that I keep saying. I know it's weird that the Ravens are five and one, and I look like a dummy that I keep pushing this, but they ain't that record. I excuse me, Bill Parcells. I, I get that that's who they are, but still. The anomalies were whipping the Chargers and getting smoked by the Bengals. The truth is somewhere in between, but that is not, to me, a team that winds up in the Super Bowl. They're, 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 they're good. I, 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 I Lamar Jackson that. is I, special, but I don't think they're, they're that roster is not great. Yeah, and the defense, um, the, the thing with the Chargers and the Ravens is it was really more about just the Chargers, the way that they play defense, which is sort of a run funnel um, you know, set back in that shell that that um, that Staley likes to run is just a bad matchup for a team like the Ravens. You know, like the Ravens uh, are if the Chargers and the Ravens play in the playoffs, I think the Ravens will knock them out. You know, it's just sometimes you get like the Titans are a, kind sure. of sometimes a bad matchup for the Ravens. Right. Or maybe the Titans are kind of a bad matchup for the Bills for whatever reason. If Rabel and, and Josh Allen just seems to fall that way. The Colts are actually kind of interesting at 50 to one to win the Super Bowl. I see that on FanDuel Sportsbook. Um I don't, I don't, I don't know. I have a bet against Carson Wentz with a buddy of mine. Um, it, it, I may have been a bit inebriated when I suggested that Dwayne Haskins would have more career starts than Carson Wentz. Uh, and, um, and, and, and so now I'm trying to weasel out of this. Hang bet in, by man. Hang in there. Don't pay it out yet. There's a long way to go. Oh, no, it's a lifetime bet. So I'm, I'm like, sure, I'm I, hey, who knows? Haskins might return to the NFL in 2075, Blaine. I don't know what to tell you, buddy. Um, yeah, I, I, I think the Colts are capable of catching the Titans. I mean, I, this is kind of stupid and simple, but it all depends on this Sunday, on Halloween. Titans at Colts. Because if the, if the right. Titans win, tiebreaker's over. If the Colts win, they have the Jets and the Jaguars after that. So you, you're thinking, you know, you're really closing the gap. Um, but then they also have the the Bills and the Buccaneers immediately following those two easy games. So if if they lose, if the Colts lose to the Titans, I see them going two and three over their next five games. And I just don't think that's enough because Tennessee will, I mean, in theory, not have any more, you know, disaster games like the no, one. No, they're good for that. Now, Tannehill is, the, he's a, a, a fascinating character because, of how good he can play for stretches. But, you know, I don't, don't mean to just put it all on 17, but 
I think people generally will point to him as the guy who will have an off week and they'll drop. I mean, obviously they have other flaws. They, they, they still can't. Bud Dupree, you could see that one coming a, a mile away if you've watched Bud Dupree. <laughs> so, oh, we don't get TJ Watt with Bud Dupree? Oh, yeah, right. then maybe we see, should ask. Yeah. I mean, had a nice season last year, but uh, that's. Right, by the way, can you imagine in in your in like in the span of a month? I mean, the the October for the Titans, they lose to the Jets in overtime. They were kind of in a dogfight with the Jaguars before pulling away, and then they beat the Bills and the Chiefs. Like what a this month! This is why you can't pay. If you pay too close attention, you'll make yourself crazy. You'll go against you'll out, yourself. You'll outthink yourself trying to figure out. 371 times about any team if you start looking at like yeah but they almost but that was a weird result like then why did that one happen and my my i what i've come to realize is chris collinsworth is the tastemaker more than i think we realize more than any other voice out there in football because everybody kind of watches sunday night football and he says I think I, I don't think it's owed to anything other than like I don't think he's being glib. I just think you know you say something to Phil and like what do you uh, like Al Michaels comments? He's like uh, you know as uh, this team here, this team out, uh, you gotta <laughs> you gotta think that they now there's the Chiefs. They just need one play to get going. Al, this is the team that can that can go all the way. Al. <laughs> He does, yeah. He he gets hyperbolic and weird throughout stuff, and it's like that's, but that's not true though, Chris. You just say he's like the the one that is real big, and this isn't just Chris Collinsworth, or I don't even know if I've heard. Well, actually, on Sunday Night Football, as I was flying, I I I, I did hear him say like Jamar Chase is already the best receiver in Bengals history, like. It, maybe he is, but like I don't know. Like he just throws that out, and there's no pushback, and so it just sits there. Oh yeah. He said he's already the best. He's only played seven games. He's already the best receiver in in Bengals history. It's that kind of stuff that, like, who's ever going to hold his feet to the fire on that? Because he just, you know. um, I mean, A.J. Green would like a word. But the one I love about Jamar Chase is, is the passive accusation at everybody else, which is the, uh, like, remember when Jamar Chase couldn't catch? Everybody was wrong about that. (laughs) All, All those people who were saying that, like, were you saying that? Because if you, yeah, I, I may have done that. Really I probably was the bug. Yeah, right. Exactly. That's right. It's, right. Now I, I feel okay uh, doing the, like criticizing people who did that because I drafted him all over the place in fantasy. You're um, allowed. Then you absolutely should be doing that. Right. You yeah. should be pointing fingers at everybody else. But I like when people was, get in on that. Like, wasn't me. It's like, what, what, how do you respond to the people that are saying this bad thing about you? Like, are you one of those people saying that about <laughs> yeah, me? I'd yeah, like yeah, to yeah. know. Please don't you, remove yourself because you're right here. You could tell me if you're one of those. If I were a player or a coach, I, that would always be my thing. Like, these people, do they include you? Do they count you as a member of this uh, this belief group? Like, I heard, yeah, right. exactly. I heard uh, somebody asking Dave Dorn a press co- a question today. It's like, you know, Dave, do you, how do you treat uh, giving a lot of the goodwill back after this Miami loss that you earned in the Clemson thing? And he looked at like, he's like, He's so he's like, I'm gonna be nice about this, but he's like, I haven't really been reading anything. I feel like basically, I don't. Are you sure that's true? Are you sure? That, like, because it feels like a lot of, I mean, a lot of us reporters. Is, you know, I'm not saying this is true, like a generalization, but just sometimes you hear like questions. You're like, oh, you know, it's your job to know what to ask. Did you, did you prepare for your job at all? Did you, or did you just, you just spin in some narrative question about, you know, it's the same thing. It's like, you know, Jamar, like Jamar Chase didn't need to fall three rounds in preseason fantasy ADP 
because he dropped a few balls. Like this is a guy with an incredible athletic profile drafted highly. Who's going to see a ton of usage has a rapport with his quarterback dating back to college when they set history and were on the, maybe the best college football team of all time. And you know, no, he's not going to did not forget how to catch a football over the course of three weeks. So let's, Let's pump our brakes. I agree, and good for you. Good for you for keeping your glass half half full on that. But I could also see that's why I love the harumphing. Like I'm a I, I'm on the right yeah. side of it now that we see him. It, it turn out like right. there there's a legit case to be made that guys get Steve Sack syndrome. You know, Deontay Johnson got it a year ago. Like once you start going down that hill, it gets in your head, and maybe he's going to have a rough rookie year. It doesn't mean he's going to be a bust for the next decade, but he could have a rough patch coming up here. But the sure. people who are like, can you imagine being one of the people who thought <laughs> right. Jamar Chase wasn't going to work out? They're like, were you one of those people? Did yes, you like, say it out yes, loud? Because if you did, you can't really point fingers at people about it. And, at least you have to own like, that you did. A lot of the people who do that, who you're talking, you're hundred percent right. A lot of people that you're talking about too. If, if Jamar Chase did end up having trouble with drops, and I couldn't catch the football this year. It was a drop machine. It wasn't on pace for 1,900 yards, which, by the way, he's probably not going to get through just because that's sort of regression back to, to average. But mm. if he was having these troubles, those same people would be like, well, the preseason Jamar Chase is showing up. You know, it's like it's like there's, a, there's this little Venn diagram of people who are picking whatever, like just flopping back and forth on both sides of the fence by, by not taking a stand. And, and it, that, that's just it's the worst. Somebody, I mean, I, I, I've noticed now uh, PFT commenter is now getting in on the game, too. I love the cliches that they are. I, I, I could talk about them for we, we could do. Maybe Ken Burns at some point would like to do a 12 part documentary on on these cliches because I just I, I can't get enough of them. But by the way, with Chris Collinsworth, he said on Sunday Night Football last week about halfway through the Geno Smith experience, he said, like, I just I got to tell you, I just, I didn't know how how big a factor Russell Wilson was in making this offense go like you didn't know that, Chris. You thought they might not skip a beat with Geno. You didn't know Russell Wilson was a difference maker for his pro football team. That's that's very strange. The big one. Actually, you were just guilty of one earlier because you supported the narrative like, ah, this blue collar, the Steelers really play. Oh, yeah, that's one for sure. And they're they're respected in a blue collar town. Like did did the early 70s Miami, uh, Miami, Florida football fans not enjoy the Dolphins because they ran the ball a lot. It was too sun splash. We can't relate. Unrelatable for us. We we don't know what to do. This, uh, they're just grinding yeah. it out, and they play good defense. Sorry, I'm out. Count me no, out. No, no. We, want, we want we want lots of offense and no defense. This is Miami, damn it. You you pick a football team that fits our culture. Fast, loose, wild, like you know, cocaine flying all over the field during games. Like that. We don't want this defense and this lunch pail mentality down here. Get out of here. It's always this right. It's exactly America's team in Dallas. Big D. They got to be a show. You got to put on a show. Like, yes, people in Pittsburgh have not enjoyed Mario Lemieux and Sidney Crosby. They score too much. They're too good. We want you to grind it out more. That's relatable to blue collar Pittsburghers. What? These guys are really good. They're better than the other people they're playing. They're more talented. Unrelatable to us. It's like uh, it's like when uh, when Virginia Tech was good under Frank Beamer, or even when they were bad under Frank Beamer, and they would block a punt and be like, "Oh, there's Beamer ball at its finest." It's like, no, that's just special teams. That's just special teams. Frank Beamer did not create special teams. Like he maybe he 
he he had people focus on it, but it's it's like it's like they block a field goal, Beaver ball again. It's like no, it's just it's just special teams. You know what's a good one? Brian Greasy has perpetuated this a lot over the last few years. It's kind of emerged, but I, I've really noticed him doing it multiple times a broadcast this year. Is uh when the flag is dropped, they'll go back and they'll look at the replay. Like, was that a hold? And then we'll see. And they're like, yep, easy call. They're, the, the refs are going to flag that every time. Easy call for the officials on that one. Like, the, the every time thing. They have yes. proven, they have proven themselves incapable of making any call consistently, right or wrong. But now, right? well, that's an easy call. That's a call they have to, they do. They don't have to do anything. They screw it up constantly. So stop saying that. That's somehow weird, like, Again, like I'm on the right. Well, I see and I agree with the officials and trying to curry favor with the refs. Come on, Brian. I mean, uh, listen, Brian listen, Steve, they're going to call that every time. It's like, I'm not sure if you've watched professional football in the last 10 years. There's nothing they do consistently. Zero things they do consistently. Um, there's a, uh, wait, there's another one too that, well, uh, do you want, well, no, anyway, yes, yes, I agree. The cliches, um, the cliche, we need to have a book of cliches. You should write a great book of cliches, Shaq. I, I try to track them all. Yeah. Well, uh, yeah, we, like I say, Ken Burns, if you're listening, um, and I trust you are <laughs> considerate, I'm not saying it has to be, but it'd be a, a fun documentary. Um, all right, listen, we've said uh, so much last thing though, before you go, cause I know you're a fan of uh, the comedy shows. You mentioned Costanza before you have to choose one way or the other. Oh boy. It's a hard one to ask because you can't, I can't Urban, wait Urban, Seinfeld, Urban. you've already seen Seinfeld what about, what about- Curb. I have to choose between Seinfeld and Curb. Yeah. I mean, I was just, I had Curb on in the background. Uh, I don't know if you watched the new one yet. I know you said you were flying back from. I um, did. I did. I watched it. uh, I watched it late night. That was the one thing I I didn't watch Succession yet. So no spoilers, please. I've not watched Succession either. Love Succession. They're very good show. Um, Yeah, that's, I did. I, when we got done with football and podcasting, I was like, oh, I could watch Succession. I was like, no, I don't want to go to bed at four in the morning. So I'm going to watch Curb, you know, since I'm not all worked up. Uh, by the time it's over. And um, I mean, I think this is, pro- you know, I think it's probably a little bit of heresy, but given the non uh, network, I- I'm taking curb and here's why you have ample seasons. I think whether it's on 11, right? So I mean, like, it's not like I'm Whatever. taking one season of curb versus, you know, 42 seasons of Seinfeld. I'm losing out on content. And I can only watch 12 episodes for the rest of time. Uh, there's no commercials. There's it is okay. a full robust show, and Larry David has no filter because he's not uh, you know kowtowing to big corporate uh, uh, television execs who put in the framework of of you know show. Don't get me wrong, Seinfeld hilarious. I watch Seinfeld all the time. You know if it's on, you know, it's always on on some channel. Uh, also, no laugh track on Curb, um, and you really have some like peak. Hot, like Larry David at his prime curb seasons and episodes that you can lean on for rewatching. So like, I, I forgot right. how funny last full season, season was. arcs, although not that Seinfeld had a few seasons where they had sure. full season arcs in there, but Larry David, the, the thing that people don't uh, talk about with that is Larry David's a better performer than Jerry. So a better actor. Oh, Jerry, than, Jerry Seinfeld's a terrible actor in Seinfeld. He's a terrible actor. And Larry David is, has gotten better and better. And he's really good. The other element, and I'm not worrying about Mike Richards stand up from whatever, 10, 15 years ago, sure. but he's a cartoon in hindsight. He's a clown character. You remove him and it's, uh, and it's more ground. I know there's silliness that happens on that, but uh, JB smooth is kind of veering in that direction yes. too. But 
I guess it's kind of that, but it, it's it, it's rooted more. It feels more realistic uh, what Larry David is getting into. But by the way, John Hamm stealing an episode that included Albert Brooks and Larry You're David. Close, That's close a friend, John Hamm, right? And your fantasy guy, you guys, boys. Did, did I text him a muzzle tub? Sure, I did. Because uh, no, yeah, was, speaking Yiddish on on Curb Your Enthusiasm, <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was that was good. He um, but I was gonna say too, like the the stuff that happens in Curb, you know, I mean, the Seinfeld stuff is obviously ridiculous too, but it almost feels like because we have this whole knowledge base of the Seinfeld universe, and now in hindsight, you know, we didn't necessarily know it as much at the time, but now in hindsight, we know it's based off Larry David and all these like insane things that did happen. Um, I think the fact that Seinfeld was so successful, it, it, it created Kerr because he is Larry David, famous Larry David. That's and, right. You know, like, and and when you take the storyline out of you know goofy folks in New York an apartment and you put it into Hollywood, it all of a sudden anything is possible because famous Hollywood people do like it's way easier to do this weird convoluted you know, inane ideas like the, like Albert Brooks was to do a, you know, a, a funeral before he dies. Right. Like that would have felt a little off. If it was like some random jabroni doing it in New York city, but you do it out in LA and it makes total sense. Well, you're right about the, the laugh track isn't something I've ever considered before, but it does allow for the uncomfortable conversations and the, and the pregnant pauses between them. And it feels more real the uh, the bad back and forth or the uncomfortable back and forths that he has with the, uh, with people, the uh, the guy who owed him money and everything else. It's that, that's awesome. That that doesn't really exist that much, except between Seinfeld and Costanza, kind of. But it's not with yes. new characters. The uncomfortable. So like um, um, my idiosyncrasies don't work with the world kind of element doesn't work. Well, it's Costanza. I get as you say, like Larry David is Costanza in those, but it's but you, that but doesn't you have the, the but you have the punctuating laugh track that like right. that that's like you move on. Let from you it. off the hook. Right, right. It's like no season episode two and season ten. So, because I, I watched the first season, the first episode of season eleven last night, and then I was like, oh, I kind of want to go back and watch. I have a little curb in the background, so I started watching uh, season ten earlier today. And uh, the second episode, where you know, I mean, Larry's obviously you know mired in the you know, the Me Too stuff. He's being sued. Um, you know, he's got to go speak at the victims, uh, the victims of the victims uh, charity event or what? You know, the the charity event, and. Um, he goes on the date with his lawyer's secretary and he, you know, he's like filming the, you know, like doing a film thing where the, you know, he's getting consent and the entire conversation, like the entire, like sort of hookup, like conversation is just, it's just dead silence in the background. And it is wildly uncomfortable. Like, he, like mm-hmm. I'm sitting there like not looking at the TV because it's, it's so uncomfortable. And, and that happens in curb all the time. But to your point, it didn't feel like it ever really happened in in Seinfeld mainly because they had to they had to keep it a little bit tighter and keep it moving for your average you know viewer who wasn't you know a, a diehard HBO Larry David fan we've solved another matter look at that and that was just thrown on at the very end there we figured out a little, football a little AFC, bit of bonus houses terrific terrific we figured out uh season win totals for two would-be juggernauts on the afc side we made plans for the peach bowl for eddie spaghetti and myself who knows maybe we'll see what happens with the wolf pack how they factor into it in the meantime i think we've more we he has proven why you must listen to pick six make sure you're downloading and subscribing it learning about pro football and perhaps even more importantly the game of life the great will brinson everybody 
All right, thanks, Shaq. And by the way, uh, if we even if before Atlanta happens, if the Wolfpack were to win its final five games, and mm-hmm. Pittsburgh were to win its win out, we 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 do have to make a trip to Charlotte because oh, we will be playing I in the ACC championship. I'm with House Money, and that's what I want. I'm I have convinced myself this is the what I'm doing my best. I don't want to be my old man who, at 84 years old, they beat the Yankees in a one game playoff. They're supposed to be a bad team this year. And they st- they exceed expectation. They get they shouldn't have a wild card in baseball. It doesn't make any sense, but they have it. They beat the hated Yankees. I I told him I said before the game, you're not supposed to win. It's Garrett Cole. You're not supposed to win that game. If you do, even this whole season, think about the days that you had filled for you this summertime, watching the Red Sox playing over their yep. heads. It seemed now they get the even if you'd lose to the Yankees. Look at the journey that you they, that they gave you. They beat the Yankees. Now it's all gravy. Belly aching. Well, I don't know if I'm ever going to get another chance to see the Bo Sox do it again. Now that might be it. Uh, they needed to. Mm. They needed to win this. I like. I don't want. I'm a journey guy now. I'm going to try to intellectually impose that on myself, and I. I it's kind of working for me because right now. I feel very happy. The Steelers are three and three. All right, I don't know. I don't think they're winning the Super Bowl. Pitt Panthers, they win in the national championship? No, but week they just keep kicking it down the road. That's what sports no, keep it go, One more week. Give me one more one chapter, and, and then we'll talk after that. Yeah, that's right. You just go one and oh today, Sheck. And then you go one and oh tomorrow, and one and oh the day after that. Or you know, by Saturday, the way, that's Saturday. that's another cliche at the player level. We got to keep getting better each and every day. It's too right. wordy. You don't need the each and every day thing. We're, we're going to keep working. We're going to get better each and every day. And we're really playing for each other right now. We're really yeah. playing for each other right now. Like as men in the locker things- room love each other. <laughs> the, the, those men in that locker room, they love each other. It's like, oh, really? Which I is good. They hated be- each other. Well, it's important that they do love each other because no one outside their locker room believes in them. So <laughs> that's, right, that's, that's, right, that's, right. that's the push and pull. That's a, all that they're all they have, you know, and that's all they need. Cause and, and by the way, just on the journey thing, cause they put in the work, they put in the work. That's all you yeah, got to put they in the work. The, uh, they brought their lunch bail to the office. The, uh, he, the cause he goes, you know what? They all go about their business the right way. That's what you want in this locker room. The, uh, the Atlanta Braves lost Ronald Acuna and uh, Soroka. And it was sort of like, all right, you know, season's probably done. Try and come back next year. So I'm trying to, you know, you try to take that like, all right, like we're not supposed to be in the World Series. So, yeah, a little bit of house money. Can I tell you one more thing and then you go? I yeah. was at PNC Park. Acuna got hurt in PNC, right? I believe that's correct, yes. I was there. Oh. I think I think he got hurt, if I'm not mistaken, I think he got hurt the game after we went to, and coincidentally or not, Jean-Claude Van Damaschek in the outfield in the eighth inning uh, yelled something to him, and he turned around. Acuna didn't gave. Uh, he, he was against. Uh, he was against the Marlins. He was against the Marlins. Oh, it was okay. Well, then that doesn't check out. I want to believe it's true that he turned around and gave uh, Jean Claude Van Damaschek the stink eye, and then and then right after that he got hurt. So the baseball yeah. gods weighed in. They didn't approve. I'm I'm going to stick with that, whether it's true or not. Stick with it. Um, all right, listen, Will Brinson, you're dynamite. You've proven that much once again, and uh, you know. We've said it all for now. Let's put a pin in it. We'll see you at, uh, in Charlotte for the big game. And until then, you know, go about your business. Do things the right way. Get better right, each and every one, day. You, you just go one and oh tomorrow, Shaq. Today, one and oh today, one and oh tomorrow. Take one day at a time, each game at a time. Then we'll, then we'll, then we'll take a look. We'll, we'll look around and see where we stand there. And then if we need to, we'll come out, uh, we'll come out and punch someone in the mouth. 
Okay, even if it is a 15-yard penalty and the guy who does it is going to get kicked out of the game, which so like let's not make sure it's one of our really important guys because if you do that, like the referees, that's an easy call. They're going to make it every time. <laughs> all right, check. We brought it all together. All right, there he is. The great Will Brinson, everybody. All right, gangbuster stuff, Eddie Spaghetti. Will Brinson, uh, you know, a star, right? I've said it before. I hope he doesn't take it as a, as an insult uh, on any level. But I've said, like, I feel like you should have a half a million uh, Twitter followers. He says insightful and funny stuff consistently. Um, I feel like I feel like this is a guy, and you know me, I'm pretty good. The thing I do best is identifying who's going to be a big star. You know, like that guy or that woman is great in this position, and they should really thrive as a as a talent. And I'm really good at doing that. And Will Brinson is somebody who should ascend to the stars. The 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 sky's the limit in my book. Oh yeah, I mean, Will, you know, a big big plus for, uh, for Will is that he's uh, as rangy as it gets with topics. I mean, not only is he you know pro sports, a pro football, baseball, talking World Series, but college football, college basketball. Um, he could really get into to anything. And then you go in and cap the show off with uh, with some comedy talk too. So yeah, uh, Will knows his stuff. Uh, big music fan too. So I mean, uh, it was a plus uh, show by him. So it was always good to have Will on. I wanted to. I almost started uh, going down the rabbit hole of music and everything else, but I knew we'd uh, we'd already been. See, I always try to do just so the listener understands. I want to go forty minutes. I want to go thirty minutes. I know people have things to do. I can't help it. I don't look at the clock. I'm not going to look at the clock. Um, and uh, I picked my head up, and what did we do? We did like an hour, fifteen, hour and a half, something like that. Oh, whatever. You know what? Maybe there, I, I maybe I'm assuming too much. I don't have anything better to do. Maybe you, the listener, don't either. And uh, either way, if you're still listening to me now, you've proven my point. We appreciate you checking us out. Make sure you're listening to extra points coming up on Wednesday and Friday. Eddie Spaghetti with Waiver Wire, Jen Piacente, and here doing Gangbusters work live. You can watch them stream it. You can ask them questions. Hit them up. Lemon Pepper Parlay and beyond. So many uh, shows and uh, things to be checking out, including playing along with us. Extra points. Points.com in the arcade, NFL, college football, weekly pick 'em stuff. Great prizes to be had. Make sure you're checking all those things out. And we'll be back on Thursday with Kevin Hench after his epic rant about being a Boston sports fan. I'm not sure I still understand exactly what went on there. Go back and find it on social media or just make sure you're joining us on Thursday. We'll talk to you then. Until then, thanks so much, sports fans. It's been a thin slice of heaven. <laughs>